This is Why We Plan, a podcast for business owners and their advisors about how to better plan for the exit from a business. Join us each episode as we discuss different elements of exit planning, including real-life stories, challenges, and opportunities of owners and their advisors. Well, with us today um, is Caitlin Carlson. I'm John Brown, the co-founder of BEI. And as you hopefully all know, this is one of our regular podcasts uh, talking about exit planning for business owners. And Caitlin has, um, I don't know, Caitlin, if you'd call it a specialty or not, but you have a focus on working with millennial business owners. Yes, so, correct. So tell us about that and, and what's different between a millennial and someone like me? <laughs> well, a lot and not that much at the same time. <laughs> um, sure. So I can give you a little bit of background into how I sort of fell into it. Um, Great. I initially spent just under five years at UBS Financial Services working in the private wealth management division. And so my beginning in wealth management, um, interestingly, was working with a lot of business owners who are at the end of their careers. Mm -hmm. And it was really fascinating to watch these people. Many of them tended to be baby boomers who were in their 60s and 70s, um, who were ready to move on to that next chapter of life. Um, sometimes it was because they were fatigued. Sometimes it was because of a health issue. Um, sometimes they were just bored and ready to move on. And it oftentimes became a pretty tough and painful conversation um, when their expectations didn't match reality, which was the value of their business wasn't enough for them to sustain their current lifestyle. And they got caught in what I called the cash flow trap, where they were stuck in their business um, for the cash flow to sustain that lifestyle. So I often felt horribly for them because here I was in my 20s telling someone who had worked their entire life that they had to continue working for another five to seven years. And I felt like there would there was a lot that was preventable about that conversation. And it had to do with having access to the right knowledge and the right advice earlier in their careers as business owners. So I ended up leaving UBS and starting my own firm, Theory Planning Partners. And we work primarily with seven and eight figure female entrepreneurs. The majority of them tend to be millennials. And my mission with them is to really lay out the business life cycle for them and explain to them how doing a little bit now is going to pay off in the long term. And so that's a little bit of background was just, you know, seeing these poor people and having to tell them that they were going to have to work for another 10 years was just, it, for me, it was pretty heartbreaking. So I wanted to do something about it. And so when you're working with millennials, uh, what's the first thing that, how do you approach representing millennials from the perspective that you want to help them develop a business that can be transferred? And when it is, they'll have financial security. I think it's probably the approach most of us exoplanners take. So how do you begin that conversation with them? So it's, it does take a lot of education because for millennials, so many of them are at the beginning of their entrepreneurial journey. So to begin with the end in mind just seems a bit paradoxical. Yeah, and it's too far away. 
yes, it's hard for them to imagine. Yeah. And so I explained to them, let's start by looking at your balance sheet. And over a long period of time, your business is going to become the biggest asset on your balance sheet. So how do we optimize the value of your business? Which is why at theory, we do business valuations on an annual basis. Mm -hmm. um, because we try to get business owners in the mentality of running their business as if they're going to sell it every year and they can see how running their business that way impacts their personal net worth. And then there are other things we do on the periphery, such as saving into qualified retirement plans, a Roth IRA if possible, mm -hmm. taxable mm -hmm. accounts. Um, but a good friend of mine mentioned a great analogy, which is um, the longer the runway, the bigger the plane. And so I use that analogy with them often and really get down to explaining the, the big life cycle, excuse me, the business owner life cycle. So they can really get a vision for seeing how that plays out. And then what we can start doing today to land that bigger plane. Interesting. So what are when you're talking to probably a newer client, a millennial, what are the biggest hurdles you find they have to overcome initially that they may not even know about? They think that they're going to feel the way they feel today forever. And yeah. I have to explain to them that realistically, there's going to come a point in time that they might not feel the same way. They might have other priorities. They might have children. They might have grandchildren. They might have health issues. And it usually helps to share stories to illustrate that to them. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, business owners tend to be highly energetic, dynamic people. And so explaining to them that they might not have the same energy at 65 or 70 that they do at 30, um, is maybe like a bit of a damper, but they tend to grasp it pretty well. But I would say that's that's probably the biggest hurdle initially. And then trying not to overwhelm them with um, the amount of information to consider. We usually try to take it one stage at a time. Mm -hmm. So it really takes about a year to get a client fully onboarded um, without without completely overloading them. So so that's that's a great approach not to overload them because they're already busy, right? They already are engaging in activities they probably don't know or are well experienced in. So they're learning, they're making mistakes and they can get overloaded pretty easily. How, how do you discuss with them how to build business value? That is the ultimate goal. So what, what do they, what do owners in your, your mind need to, to do to, to grow the company, to create what we call an NBEI transferable value, meaning the business can be sold at full value without the owner's continued presence. So the owner mm -hmm. in effect makes herself uh, replaceable because yes. that's what buyers are looking for. They don't want to have to rely on the old owner to create value. So how do you go about that process? What do you suggest that they consider doing? So usually the business valuation process is a great way to start that conversation. And it's funny because a business valuation is, it 
plays into your ego a little bit, right? Mm -hmm. So everyone gets excited to see what that value looks like, what that value looks like on the personal balance sheet, how much that improves your net worth. And the business valuation is really the best launching pad for that type of discussion and slowly educating them on, okay, here's why you have that value. Here's actually what you can do to improve that value. Maybe without, of course, everyone thinks, okay, in order for me to grow, I have to increase my revenue. But we mm -hmm. start to explain to them, actually, if you can tweak the multiple, you can improve the value pretty significantly without automatically having to um, increase the revenue. So the business valuation is a great place for us to start. It lays a really nice, solid foundation, and it gets the business owner in the mentality of learning how to build the value in their business. And typically across the board, one of the first weaknesses we see is this business can't run without you. So how, you know, if we have the luxury of seven, 10, 15 years, that's a really nice long time to be able to separate the owner from the business. It's a much nicer experience than having three years and someone's 67 and they have a heart condition. Mm -hmm. So I explained to them what a luxury it is to start the planning process this early into their entrepreneurial journey and how we can avoid those extremely stressful situations and really make it an enjoyable experience for everybody, not only for the client, but also for the advisors. So many of the outside advisors that I pull in are like, wow, we have seven years. And I'm like, yeah, we have seven years. <laughs> so they often get surprised by how early I start priming my clients in the process. Right. Right. Um, so in our world, our focus tends to be on developing a management team mm -hmm. because again, to create transferable value, we have to have somebody running the business in addition to, or other than the founders of the company. So how do you go about talking to business owners about the need to develop that management team in, and then how to develop a management team? Um, it's not one of the easiest conversations. Right. I, I think that is where, um, a lot of emotions get wrapped up because there is a lot of identity that goes along with a business owner when it comes mm -hmm. to the business. I'm thinking of one client in particular, she's so proud of her ability to sell and she, it, it gives her a rush and she loves it. Mm -hmm. And I've said to her, if you know, a $20 million exit is something that you really want for yourself. You're going to have to let go of this identity as being the greatest at sales. And you're going to have to take that hat off and you're going to have to put a management hat on and teach someone and train someone to be as good as you. And it's not an overnight experience. It's, and it's, it's can be messy. It's not really clean either. It's kind of one of those things that's easier said than done. There are failed attempts. There are mismanaged expectations. And all of that is really where having almost like a board of advisors is important because mm -hmm. one of the issues that I found working with those baby boomer clients was they often lacked that sounding board or that board of advisors. It was pretty much on them and they didn't have the bandwidth to do it themselves. So um, again, so much of what we're doing for millennials is just educating them on the conversation. I'm learning everything that I um, bring in from BEI, for example, to the business owner themselves who would never have the time or bandwidth to go do it 
themselves. Okay. So yeah. that, that's part of my role as being that advisor and consultant is, okay, when I can get in front of them, how do I deliver the most relevant information and then allow them to go take action? Um, but to answer your question, it's, it's not an easy process, but educating them and being able to tie it back to the value of the business um, lets it sink in a little bit deeper and allows them to not take it as personally. Yeah, I mean, a couple of things I, that I've witnessed in the 300 years I've been doing exit planning <laughs> is one, it's natural for entrepreneurs to take on the burden of the entire responsibility for the organization it, because they have to when they first start up. They, they are the organization, but the inability or the failure to delegate, to learn how to delegate, uh, even before you have a great management team just within the organization is a real problem for a lot of owners. Um, I have read a lot of books by a guy by the name of Peter Drucker, now deceased, who's really the father of management consulting, of consulting. And one of the statements he, gave, he has that's stuck in my mind is that it's important for an entrepreneurial organization to hire top management before they can afford them. Mm -hmm. so his point was that a business will be stifled, it'll become stagnant if it's just the owner. The only way to grow quickly and to grow well is to bring in great management as soon as possible. And that's what owners tend to fail to do. They're like they're sort of like the jack of all trades and the master of none. They're trying to do everything, they get spread too thin. And then what happens eventually is they get burned out. Yes, exactly. And end of story, right? Um, so the message that I guess that I would suggest people have and listen to is if you want to grow your company, it's going to take a team of people to do that. And in fact, the lead should not ultimately be the owner, should not be the entrepreneur because their skills in a growing company tend to be limited when you need operation management, you need good sales force, you need you know, internal operate documentation and so on. Those are skills that most owners don't have. And they, they simply fail to hire top management in part because their existing advisors, if any, don't tell them or don't recommend, recommend to them that they do something like that. I mean, most business owners have a financial advisor who's not well-versed in this, an attorney they may occasionally use, a CPA who's mostly tax compliance oriented. So they don't have, they haven't built the team of advisors around them that's necessary for the business to thrive. And I, I'd love your thoughts on that and, and how you approach that. Absolutely. Well, I think <clears throat> for business owners, it can be such an abstract concept and the way that we try to make it concrete for them is through the business valuation. So if we do a business valuation in March and we do this, we do another business valuation the following March and the value of your company has stayed stagnant, then you haven't been doing a good job of bringing in management because mm -hmm. the value of the company is staying the same. So that's the way that we're able to take 
an abstract concept and make it concrete for them. So look, your personal your personal net worth is not growing as quickly as it could be because you're not making the changes necessary as a leader of your company. And when they see that on paper, it's a little bit easier for them to get it into their heads that, okay, this is bigger than me. And tying it back to their personal goals, if I want to achieve X in my personal life for my family, I'm going to have to do Y in my business. And that's really the marriage of those entities is, is what we try to do with theory planning is show them that, you know, you're, you're really not making all that much progress unless you're willing to let go. And you're right. I mean, the whole reason why I even started theory was because I was working with a business owner. He ran an $80 million business. And from the outside, it looked beautiful. He has locations in four of the wealthiest towns in America. You know, it was intimidating for me to even walk in there. And it only took me about an hour to realize that it was pretty much a house of cards. And it's because this gentleman was fantastic at his craft and he had great connections. And that's pretty much all he wanted to do. He, he wanted to just focus on that. And he really didn't have the bandwidth to, fo- to take a step back and look at everything else. And the advisors that he did have were so myopic mm-hmm. and really only focused on fixing one thing. You know, it's like that analogy about, I'm, I'm not going to treat the cut on your hand if you're having a heart attack in my office. Like, let's look at, take a step back, look at the big picture and prioritize what needs to get done. And it can be hard when you have those advisors that are in silos, because yes, a financial advisor can give you um, good advice on how to fix the cut on your hand, but really the heart attack is the thing that matters so much more. And Mm -hmm. that's why taking a holistic approach to a business owner's balance sheet is so vitally important because the conversation that really needs to be happening today is bringing in that management team. Yes, it's important to max out your 401k, but it's secondary to that management conversation. And for business owners, they need someone to prioritize that for them. They're busy in the day-to-day operations of the business. That's part of why they're having issues or that's part of why they need advisors like us to pull them out of that because you know, as a business owner myself, you just, you just get sucked into running the day to day. And many of us just don't have either the, the knowledge or the self-discipline to pull ourselves out and create time and space to say, okay, what actually really needs to get done here? Well, that's, that's exactly, that's exactly right. And so I want to sort of uh, wind this discussion up with kind of a question and then an observation. So the question is, when you talk to a business owner about the need for these valuations periodically, their first response is going to be, that costs way too much money. Right? <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't want to do that. So how do you overcome that hurdle? We, it's baked into our fee. So we charge a flat fee for our services. Um, that was very intentional for me, leaving the wealth management business. I felt that the assets under management model did not serve business owners very well. And so when I left, I was very deliberate about doing a flat fee. And so for me, it's about communicating the value initially and getting them to buy in. And then because that's baked into our fee, they don't feel it annually, but they are forced to do it annually. That's a great, that's a great thought. And for the advisors (laughs) listening in, I think that's something you all should really consider. Uh, and 
The other reason for that, my observation for that, why I like what Caitlin, her approach especially well, is that so many owners are smart, they work their tails off, but they don't even look at a financial statement. They have no idea, they have an idea of the value of their company, which is almost always a multiple higher than it really is. <laughs> so the idea of forcing them in a sense, in a nice way to look at the financial information and to interpret it, and then to look at the business value and understand why it is or isn't growing, I think is a great service that you offer, Caitlin. Thank you. Thank you so much. Came through a lot of meditation and taking time to really sit back and reflect on what it is that I wanted to do. But yes, I at this point in time, that's the best way I've been able to wrangle business owners is to try to tie it together in a way that I know will grab their attention. So that's great. Thank and you. At the end of the day, that's really why we plan. Yes, it is. Hey, that was great. Thanks. Thank you. Thanks for joining us. Be sure to tune in for our next episode. If you'd like more information on better ways to plan for the future, please visit exitplanning.com.